Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, December 16th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. A gigantic development in the TLAV world that I only just saw right before we went live that is most definitely going to change the, the dynamic of the show today, but not how you might actually think. I'm still going to be just as objective and continue to cover this exactly the way I was going to, but something very important has changed. For those that's read the title, today's show is focused on Twitter entirely. And <laughs> part of me debates whether that is where I should be focusing my time, but it seems to be a very important connected story to a lot of different things. Now, the reason I started that way was because it was shocking for me to see literally like 30 seconds before I was going live that apparently the last American Vagabond's main account was just returned, which is a, a great thing. And yes, it does change my perspective. It's hard not to, but not in the main point that we're going to say today. But what it shows you at the very least is that there's more continuing to happen. I'm not going to say simply because I got my account back. Therefore, this is free speech. That's just as dishonest as everybody else saying that today, that look at all these people until we see the full picture one way or the other, all the information around how the decisions are being made. I don't think that changes much than me feeling like I'm trying to be convinced that things are going a certain way. And they very well could be. I am, especially because of this, and I'll show you in a moment, I am now even more so holding out hope that this is going in the right direction. But there, I got to be honest, other than in my personal sphere, that just happening, there's nothing but reasons to doubt that that's the case even though I just saw this happen. Now, let me show you, by the way, I tried to tweet it out just before I went live and it looks like I tweeted under the wrong account because I'm not even logged into that one, it appears. While we do that, actually, what I'm going to do, just so people can see that that is there, I am technically still logged in under on my phone. So what I'm going to very quickly do, sorry for the delay, because I just want people to see that this has happened before I go live, is switch over to that account, tweet this out. Oh, wait a minute. Huh. What's interesting, by the way, is as I look on my phone, when I tried to go to the profile, it just told me that the account was permanently suspended. Sorry for the delay. I probably should have managed this before we went live, but it happened literally as we were about to go live. Huh. Will you guys check it out online for me and you tell me? I don't, want, I don't want to waste more time. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by this. Okay, so as you guys can see here, this appears to be my account. It does appear to be back. 27,000, I believe it was more than that, but that's that's irrelevant at this point. I could definitely be wrong about that, but it is nice to see. So this one is back up and running. Now, this is the show that well, was even tweeted out on this account. That's apparently all these things are still completely linked together. Anyway, so this is the show we're doing today. Censorship on Twitter continues, which it does. And to be honest, I'm not even talking about the mainstream journalists, even though that's included today. Other than them, it's still very much continuing. And that's the main point of the show, as well as I wrote, as Elon flips the partisan script, which is definitely happening. Or suddenly you have one side arguing that something is happening, even though moments ago their argument was that it shouldn't have ever been happening. And it's very confusing and seemingly it feels very controlled as too many take the bait. Now, Starting off, the reason I just wanted to show that to begin with was to show you that this is, I'm, I'm very happy to see this. And I'm very, I'm hoping this is an indication that more and more will happen. But as you see, as we lay it out today, it really doesn't change the perspective and, and what I'm going to present. 
Like even people in the chat saying, praise Elon. Guys, we got to be more skeptical than this, even with this account coming back. I mean, look, just based on today's show, it might get censored tomorrow based on exactly what we're going to get into. And I'm not going to share links or the things that people are pointing at that are, that are being used as the justification to censor people because there's no point in doing that today. But I'll share a backup to a archive machine, archive version that's being posted on my website, which that link is then being posted on Twitter. I mean, we're, we'll get into it. People were censored already for just posting a link to the Mastodon account. You guys may not understand what I'm saying. I'm getting ahead of myself. You'll see what I mean. But my point is, based on this show, this this account could be taken down right now. So we'll see. I know. Anyway, the people in the chat are, I'm taking them out of context. So here's where we're going to start. Sam Husseini interview I just had today. Really enjoyed our conversation. I'm going to connect with him more again on some other topics, COVID being uh, one of the ones he's been covering a lot. But as I titled it, Elon Musk, savior of free speech or the great digital divider? Because remember, we, Trump was termed the great divider. And that seems to be what happened, whether he knew it or not. And that seems to be right now what Elon is doing as of this moment, maybe not tomorrow. And whether or not he knows that's what's happening or intends that to be the case, that's completely up in the air. But we can see the division happening. People seem to be being pushed even further into the positions they already held before this ever started. And that seems to be the interesting part of how this is going is that there's the way that this stuff is conducted today, it enshrines, ensures that people maintain their division, not the other way around. And I, you could decide for yourself whether that's on purpose. But we had some great points in this conversation. I'll, I'll point to you to his work that you should read. He's been writing about this long before November, but this is the one we were focusing on to start. Elon Musk's establishment retrench and how freedom of speech, not but not freedom of reach, targets the freedom to hear. Really interesting point in this conversation in general about freedom to hear and how there's actual legal precedent about how freedom to hear is, in fact, part of freedom of speech. And there's been precedents about this in the past. In particular, we talked about a case in regard to somebody from back when it was just going through the mail. There was no Internet. And it was essentially people mailing information about communism, let's say. And or not, let's say that's actually what the case was about, but it, it could be about anything in the context of how this works. The ruling was ultimately that, look, regardless of whether they have the legal right to send it or to to write these documents, let's say you as an American have the right to hear that information. Lots changed since then, hasn't it? The point being that they ruled this way, even with the fervor and the, the aggressive stance around communism more so then or seemingly building a more even more now. But the point was, if you don't have the freedom to hear, you don't have it's part of your freedom of speech part of your first amendment ruling and seemingly today Musk came out hot not today but beginning of this and said you don't have freedom to hear or at the very least we have will suppress this you have the freedom of reach not freedom to hear that's an interesting statement that ties right back to legal precedent so why would we be so we're okay with them attacking part of our rights it's just an interesting way that was framed but there's a lot of information about how this is being played out we talked about how trump whether he knew it or not, was playing the role of the opposable thumb of the establishment. And the idea being that his actions, in fact, in, it created things that the establishment couldn't achieve without someone like him. NATO being more funded, Jerusalem embassy, embassy being moved to Jerusalem, Golan Heights, all these different things that they'd wanted forever but couldn't att- could attain. And Trump steps in and says the opposite, and they happen, just like that. Again, whether he knows that or not, that's a good question. And then this is where I'll start today as it pertains to Twitter. This tweet is unavailable. Musk escalates shadow banning. Now, I mean, you could argue that it may not be Musk in specifically. It could be a rogue ex-employee or what 
Pasta and I just talked about is that this seems to be the forever excuse that, se- that never goes away. It certainly could be rogue this or that, or it certainly could just be growing pains or they're trying new things and things are going wrong and haywire. I'm not saying I know that's not the case, but I don't know why anybody would argue they know it's not that it is the case. You're just taking what Elon says or anybody else. The point is that this is happening a lot. And I'm going to show you an example that I've never seen, not this consistent. As he writes, while some accounts are being brought back, Musk's Twitter is escape escalating shadow banning for at least one user, him. And by the way, now that, I mean, the odd, the oddity, and I hate that I didn't have more time to research this because it's literally just happened before I went live. But the, I was experiencing very clear manipulation, shadow banning, and different things that I've been pointing out on my account on which the, or technically Brian's account that I was using after hours live. I don't know whether this is happening here or not, but we'll have to find out. But this one is interesting because what he's dealing with is very, very telling. He writes, in my piece on November 22nd, we just pointed to, about the establishment retrench. He says, in fact, one radical thing that Elon Musk could do right now is to disclose any communication between Twitter and the U.S. and other governments regarding the silencing of various voices. And on November 8th, Musk announced the Twitter files and free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. Since then... As Sam writes, he's been pu- pushed for com- he has pushed for complete disclosure, not just of what might be politically convenient for Musk or the journalists he's been given these documents to, or the uh, suppose I guess we assume that by the way, but in a comprehensive way so as to better defend free speech and the rights of the public. You know, actual transparency, all being shown all at once. Now, because we haven't seen that again, doesn't mean that it might not happen, and there might be not more of the process we don't see. Anybody arguing we know is lying. Or I should say lying unless or either they have some kind of inside information they're also not showing or they're choosing to trust somebody. And that's where we end up at this point where we have the process not going seemingly stalled. And, you know, somebody goes, what about this guy? And they go, "Okay, here, how about that? Are we good? Here's Robert Malone. Are we good? Here's Dr. Peter McCullough. Can we stop now? Now, here's Ryan's count. Can we are we good? And there's a lot more people out there, small people even that got censored for same reasons. Are they getting their accounts back? It can't be this selective and undefined. It just can't be. That's not transparency. At the best, you're trusting that he's striving for transparency. He says, I've long figured I've shadow banned. He's been shadow banned in some way on Twitter, but now it seems to have escalated in ways that I have not encountered before. For example, here's him responding to a tweet by Musk. He says, but several people have told me that they can't see it. They get this tweet is unavailable. And he goes through numerous examples. And he says, the, the, I mean, I'll just break, just show you straight out. The bottom line is the reasons they give you for why it's unavailable or can be under Learn More, none of these apply to his account. And it's the most consistent thing I've ever seen in regard to censorship. If I go to another account and search for his tweets like this, they just don't show up. They're just not there. He's listed as all these different shadow bannings. And, you know, the other day, Twitter demanded that he re-log in out of nowhere. Even told him a few times, sorry, we couldn't even find your account. Now, yeah, these could all be glitches, but right now it does not seem to be acknowledged or even discussed about whether or not this is part of it or not and why we would assume that if you don't know for sure. So at this point, it's hard to know, he says, that I'm tweeting what's visible to others and you know whether or not people are actually seeing or engaging with his information. Here is the video I'll play first about this. I just did a little quick uh, experiment with it a moment ago. And now actually we'll do it live to make sure to see if it's even still happening. So you can see he refreshes tweets. And this is just this one tweet that he had. And you can see that DeCamp from anti-war tried the same thing. I mean, just you can just scroll down beneath this tweet and see that it's endless. But people try to respond to it, and the the, the it says tweets unavailable over and over and over. Very interesting. 
Very interesting. Now, here is a tweet. Or actually, here's his account, first of all, so you guys can check it out. Here's the tweet itself. He says, then for my next trick, I'm going to make this tweet disappear. If you tweet and then reply and exactly what you just saw. Now, you can see here's my test. You can see that it still says, look, right there. This tweet is right there. Live on the show. Tweet's unavailable. Over and over and over. Now, you fresh, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. That's wildly consistent. And why just him? It's not happening with other counts that I can see. Not that I can find. But every single person down here testing it out finds the same thing. Yep, look at that. No, a tweet's unavailable. Dave DeCamp, tweet's unavailable. It's very strange. No, I'm good. I certainly could just be some weirdly selective glitch. But shouldn't this be talked about? Why does nobody else care about this? We also talked about his thing, his uh, his effort called Vote Pact. I'm not going to get into it today, but definitely check it out. I find it very interesting. It's just a, another way to look at trying to work outside the system or at the very least work within it, but challenge the direction they're telling you your options are. You know, you only have left or right. It's like, hey, let's decide to, to collectively vote a different way. You know my thoughts on voting, but I still found it very interesting. So that's happening, guys. For sure, Sam Husseini as of right now is still being at least weirdly manipulated on his accounts. You know, and he's a very outspoken activist, pro-Palestinian, you know, challenging the establishment, talking about COVID origins and all this different stuff. So, and, and seemingly pretty bipartisan. Or rather, nonpartisan is the best way to put that. And that's usually where people fall in this category. Now, this brings us to what we just saw. This is all over the discussion yesterday and today, right? That Elon Musk suspends accounts of several journalists. Now, of course, there's a huge part of me and, and that, that doesn't, you know, that wants to enjoy, revel in the fact that these people just got censored especially since they're all seemingly making the rounds to scream about how this is unprecedented. Maybe they don't know the definition of the word unprecedented, or maybe they just are embarrassed to now be on the, the receiving end of something they pretended wasn't happening. Or now that we can clearly see that they just basically admitted without saying it, that they only ever care when it happens to them. Of course, all these things are there and they all matter and they're all valid points. At the same time, this is also censorship and shouldn't happen. Those things can exist in the same conversation. And that's where we are today, where the unpopular opinion is the reality, the nuance. And no, you know, it's either that they're all unjustified or all deserve it. And that's usually how this goes. And I don't believe that's the majority of people. I believe that's the corporate discussion being jammed over everything and acting like if you don't have one of these two opinions, if you don't vote left or right, if you're not black or white, whatever it is that you're not in the conversation, that's ridiculous. I think most people are kind of uneasy about what's all happening here or tired of it. Either way, he suspends a whole bunch of journalists from corporate outlets, CNN, New York Times. Very interesting. Now, we'll get into why. Mike, and quite frankly, out of the gate, I don't think this is completely sound. I really don't. I think there I think something happened emotionally. And I think it's being attempts are being made to make this fit. That's just my, my opinion. Now, in no way do I think doxing is OK or that people's you know family should be at risk or whatever the arguments are. And we'll go through this entirely. But we need to understand that free speech absolutist, that being an absolutist in free speech, that's very specific. Very clearly what he tried to point at himself about. I am absolutist. Clearly, that's not the case. Very clearly. Alex Jones, all the examples. No, I'm saying you can you can agree with it or not, justify it or not. Still not still not free speech absolutist, period. But there's also a debate to be had about whether that's even, you know, the idea about fire theater and blah, blah, blah. You know my opinions. I'm an absolutist and I will be about that forever because I think it's that important. And I do not think words equal violence. And I think part of this is where this is all going. Before I get too far off the track, we'll finish with a different point. We have these people being censored. Here, we see that he also suspends the accounts of Mastodon and journalists who cover what's going on around this topic. 
right? So the bottom line is that these people were, were pointing at this story. And it started with the Elon Jet conversation, an account that was covering Elon's jet and its, and its movements. And I'll show you that next. So the argument goes that this Elon Jet account, which Elon Musk spoke up about and said, I will not censor this account because I believe in free speech, even though it does this, this, you know, all the different things he said. Okay. That's what he said. It's on the record. Many people have shared it. Now, suddenly it just disappears. It gets censored. And people immediately point at that. And then the conversation gets spun up and it's, oh, well, they were doxing my family and tracking and so on. And there's a violation of rule. Okay, well, that's interesting since doxing has, I think, pretty much always been on Twitter's information about something you're not allowed to do. Either way, it hasn't been enforced, as we know very clearly. I talked with Pasta and Fiorella this morning, and the point is that Fiorella's had her personal address posted many times. That's nothing's been done about it. We know that the Ukrainian military constantly keeps lists of people and journalists and where they are, and they post this stuff all the time. Nobody cares about that. So at the very least, as of right now, it's not consistent. Either way, the real question is, did this actually happen in a way that put his family in danger? And if not, do you still feel that it shouldn't have happened? And if you feel that way, do you consider that all free speech? Your fair questions. This needs to be fleshed out. This kind of the way this is all happening is the opposite of fleshing things out. This is confusing, undefined, and everyone arguing their partisan opinions with nobody having real information behind it. But that account being censored then got reported on by a lot of different journalists, and rightly so, because look, it's a hot, especially from their perspective as the mainstream, they're going to go, ah, oh, we told you he's fake or whatever. Just like everybody likes a gotcha moment. So they start pointing at it and they point to the Mastodon account and say, well, here's an example of this. And then they all get censored. So it all gets swept up in this concept that they were going along with doxing. Now, the right, in many ways, doesn't want to look past it. They just want to go, we knew it. They're a bunch of dishonest people. And you know what? I agree with you. They are. But did they do that? Doesn't it matter to, that, it, that we flesh it out? And it's not just an excuse from the other side of the paradigm, which also lies about a lot of stuff. But nobody really wants that. Because we all want to revel in the fact that these people, and I'll show you some examples that I enjoy, watching people like Oliver Darcy squirm about the fact that this is so on, this is dangerous. What are we going to do? Just let them remove people's voices? It's like, yeah, where were you for the last forever where this has been happening over and over and over? But now it's a big deal and unprecedented because it happened to you guys. But all that said and done, it's still censorship and still a problem. So it says here, there does appear to be evidence that the journalist that published Musk's exact real-time location uh, it, there doesn't appear to be evidence, and we're going to play a clip for you in a moment, about these people posting the real-time location. In one case, the suspended journalist, Micah Lee, tweeted out that the Mastodon handle for the Elon Jet account, tweeting that out while covering the company's decision to suspend Mastodon account on Twitter, which I'll show you in a minute as well. Mastodon account, another social media platform. Our screenshots of the last tweets from some of the journalists show they merely criticizing Musk or reporting on his claim that an alleged stalker followed a car carrying one of his children. It's also important to note that the band, oh my, I, for, I realized I forgot to grab something. Important to note that the band Elon Jet account actually posts only and take only the takeoff and landing location of his jet and publicly available data, which I will show you. Okay, so first, oh, it's a little out of out of place here. Hold on. So first, Dang it. Thought I had this organized. We'll start with this. Now, this is an archive of the Elon Jet account, which, you know, if this is censorable, I mean, the point is all the look, the, the bottom line is, guys, you can look through this for yourself. This this the la this is last post as of as of three hours ago on the 13th. And you can even see the post or some of the posts that or the whole thing, really. And I'll show you the next one from Mastodon that got them censored that all this is 
is tracking Elon Musk's specific private jet, where you have the, the tail number, with a bot using publicly available data. That is what this is. And you can see right up until the moment this was censored, there's no, there's no personal addresses here unless that's a publicly listed address on the flight plan, which you can track. There's all sorts of these publicly available things that track plane flights and so on, right? So I find it hard to believe that the jet would land at his home address unless that they had an air, a, 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 I guess, a, a landing strip, and that's how that worked. I mean, the point is, it's pretty clear this was not doxing. This was publicly informa- public information grabbed up and used. And for some reason, this got executed, even though he moments ago said they wouldn't do this because that's free speech and then censored them anyway. OK, so that this got removed. Now we know that this happened as well. Twitter banned Mastodon's official Twitter account because it tweeted a link to the Elon Jet account on Mastodon. Here's their Twitter account backup or the archive. And you can see right here. Did you know you can follow Elon Jet on Mastodon, which is a, it's a smart move from a company. Look, they just censored over there. Come over here where we've got real free speech or at least the illusion of it. But then they got censored. Okay, so at this point, you should be very quickly asking, what was the trigger moment here? And if there was some kind of a post of his personal address, shouldn't that be proven? Shouldn't we have the right the, the transparency that he's talking about to know that? We should. Because as far as I can tell right now, this seems to be a publicly available list that's been there forever, by the way. They had one for uh, for Amazon, for Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos's jet as well, which, by the way, was up until somebody pointed out that one was there, which was a contradiction. And then it suddenly it went away. So that's confusing. But so if they posted this and there's no publicly available information and Mastodon gets taken down for posting a link to their site, which, again, think about how how muddy this gets and how gray area this is. You're posting a link to a Mastodon account. That has nothing to do with Twitter. Now, whether or not that Mastodon account allows that to be posted has nothing to do with Twitter. So he argues that's you circumventing the, I guess, the doxing policy. But how exactly, especially when you can show right now that that doesn't have personal information that you can't publicly find? Okay, this is a big deal because this is being lied about right now as far as I can tell. And this is my point. I may very well lose my other account, except guess what? I didn't even go on that account today. I haven't even locked into it, so maybe not, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so this brings us to how this is being framed. Let's actually play this first before we play uh, Pillow Time Pace. Jeff, Jack Posobiec's clipped and edited, uh, you know, shortened version of what this is. We'll play you the full three-minute thing and show you how Elon Musk steps into a conversation and and with these journalists and talks to them about this and they push back on it. Now, you can argue they're lying. That's a fair thing to say. They very well could be. But here's the conversation. And they claim there was no address posted. Now, the way they respond, to be quite honest, makes me feel that they didn't flesh out what the information was on those things they were posting. Because if it were them, I would say there was no address on there. There was only publicly available information. But they seem to kind of quibble with their faces and go, well, we didn't post your address. But I'll let you listen to it for yourself. In the last few hours, with a, a handful of journalists uh, being banned. Uh, yeah. Um, well, as I'm sure everyone who's been doxxed and. By the way, just for somebody's asking in the chat, just so this is clear, this is not up for debate. A jet that is flying on a the the, the tail number, let's say, and the tracking information. This is all publicly trackable. It is. So the information you can find is trackable on the information. Just go through and look at the links that are in there, and you can see the account and how it runs. There's there's links to these bots that track them. Like, we've done this on foreign policy before, remember, with military ship. Now, yes, military is a different thing, but this stuff is available, and that's why it's been, it's been there for a long time, only just recently has this become a problem. 
So whether or not that is doxing is a huge debate to be had. I disagree, especially, I mean, look, the very definition of doxing means it's not something you can just publicly find. It's about things that you personally identify with them that they didn't already have, like, again, your address. That's doxing. It's personable, personal identifiable information. That's what it means. So if you post something that's publicly posted, that's not doxing. But in, is there more to it? I don't know. The account's been deleted, removed, and maybe there was something we didn't see. It's certainly possible, but that's why this needs to be fleshed out. So when these people started poking into it, admittedly, people that I find to be dishonest, they got censored for, for simply pointing at it. So again, there's a lack of transparency here, even from the supposed journalists. I uh, would agree. You know, uh, showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done put to them. Now, again, he says real-time information. He doesn't say address. That only comes in later. But real-time information kind of implies not address, right? Real-time, well, I guess it could if you end there, but as if you're in transit, right? So let me ask you this. If I'm flying somewhere, nobody knows where I'm going, but you just get wind that I'm going somewhere, and you post that he's on Southwest flight number whatever, whatever. Is that doxing? Is it only doxing when you're rich and famous? Is it only doxing when you've got enemies? I mean, these all seem wildly subjective. Like, I'm not even saying I know for sure. There's a debate to be had right there. Because look, fair enough. When you're super famous, you've, there, there's more of a likelihood that something could happen. People could do something. You have fake, crazy fans. I mean, who knows? Because that's a fair conversation to be had. But this is completely undefined. So it basically boils down to his own personal opinion, which seems to be how this is running so far. And, and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, so-called journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just, you're, you're a Twitter, you're, just, you're a citizen. Now, what's interesting is Sam Husseini points out that that's an interesting point. He's right, by the way. That's always been the case. They're the ones pretending they're some kind of special class or that they're better than you because you're out there recording with your tape recorder and they're over there with their $10,000 equipment. You're the same thing. They don't want to think that because they love to put themselves on the ivory tower. Well, here's the point. They're not doing what they pretend their job is, right? They're not holding people accountable. They're towing the line. They're regurgitating what the government tells them with an anonymous source. They're pathetic. So when you step in and start asking hard questions and it makes them look stupid, even to themselves, they can't stand that, right? So they don't want you to be in their club. They, they, they think you're naive for not understanding that you have to buy the, you have to play along, right? You have to take a fake story to get a good one. That's what they've accepted in their reality, unless they're too stupid to see it's even happening. My bottom overall point is you're a journalist if you want to be one, period. There's no, the Supreme Court has ruled continuously about that. The First Amendment, you want to pick up a microphone or a patent paper, you're a journalist. They can't, they're technically, they're not even legally allowed to kick you out of publicly, like there's been many examples of sheriff's meetings where they're talking about a public case and it's open to the public, but they don't let in like cop block, let's say. One of these groups, they're there to hold police accountable. You're not a journalist. You can't be here. Well, you're damn right I'm a journalist because I say so. The First Amendment says so. The Supreme Court says so, right? So bottom line is, I love that he's saying that because these people hate that. So I like it just for that. <laughs> but I also like it because it's true. But is that what's happening here? Would this be the same thing if this was done from somebody else? Right? If Donald Trump had posted this, would it be a problem? How about if you posted it and just said, hey, good luck on your flight today. I'll see you when you get here. Would that be doxing? 
if he genuinely meant it as just like, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. My point is, does the context matter? Is it only doxing because they wanted to point something out he didn't want to be seen? These all valid questions. Um, so uh, no special treatment. Um, you dox, you dox, you get suspended. End of story. Um, so and 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 and, 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 and ban evasion, ban evasion, or like or, or trying to be clever about it. Like, oh, I posted a link to the real time information. It's obviously uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the the, the meaning. That is, there's no different from than paste than actually showing real time information. That's a very interesting statement, isn't it? Ban evasion, right? So technically me using these other accounts or ban evasion or the point is simply you're not supposed to say that thing and so if you post a link to it that you're breaking the rules but how far removed does that get what if i post a link to a page that has a link on it that goes to that page like, these are just the point is he's making the subjective opinion that they're doing sneaky things to evade it right because that's what that's what he points out it's being sneaky but he these are his feelings about it this is not stated policy that's clearly fleshed out in some kind of document it's just not and nobody, the people that want to support this are going to just, they're going to pretend it's okay. Because what would you do in that situation? Some equally subjective and emotional argument that you can't argue and disagree with. Okay, I'm nothing, I guess. The point is, why are you choosing to give him the benefit of the doubt? They didn't do that for Jack. You shouldn't give any of them the benefit of the doubt. You should be questioning all of them equally and holding them all accountable. But when he says something, you guys go, oh, well, that's probably what's going on. Because we know how crazy this is. Maybe... Maybe, but if you're out there doing that, you're choosing to take at face value information. And that's just ridiculous if you're trying to pretend it's about free speech and truth. Um, so uh, when you're saying posting a link to it, I mean, the, some of the people like Drew and, and Ryan Mack uh, from The New York Times who were, were banned were, were, you know, they were reporting on it in the course of sort of pretty normal journalistic endeavors. Um, you consider that like a tricky attempt at ban evasion? You show the link to the real-time information, ban evasion, obviously. Okay, so what about real-time war reporting? As Sam brought up in our interview today, what, well, how does that work now? Are you going to ban people for, for discussing real-time war escalations, which happens right now, right? I mean, like, there's so many overlaps to this that just don't make much sense. Like, what about WikiLeaks itself? Don't forget that they were the ones telling you, you're not even allowed to look at that. Cuomo himself went on the air and said, you're, it's illegal for you to look at that, but we'll tell you what it says. Okay, so what happened? Based on what he's saying right now, flip the script and go back to that point. If we were going to allow this, well, we wouldn't have been ever allowed to look at WikiLeaks because we would have been able to post the link, right? I just don't know why we can't. It's only okay because Elon's the one saying it. That's how this ends up. We need to realize that this applied could be used in a lot of really dangerous ways about the whole link evasion point and whether or not the core of it actually ties back to doxing or not. I, I, Drew, I don't think you were posting the real-time information, right? I mean, you're, you're suggesting that we're sharing your uh, address, which is not not true. Um, and If it is, it should be proven. I, I don't trust any of these people, but I agree with him. I don't think that's what was happening. You're suggesting that we're, we're posting. We never, uh, I, I never posted your address. You posted a link to the address. We posted a link. We, in, in the course of reporting about Elon Jet, we posted links to Elon Jet, which are now not online um, and now banned on, on Twitter. And, and Twitter also, of course, marks even the Instagram and Mastodon accounts of Elon Jet 
as as harmful using you know we have to admit acknowledge using the same exact link blocking technique that you have criticized as part of the hunter biden new york post story in 2020 so what is different yeah. here it's and no there more acceptable for me it's, it's no more acceptable for me for you than it is for me same thing so anyway I, so it's unacceptable what you're doing no what you, you, you docs you get suspended end of story that's it. Okay, so you're not going to engage with the very valid point as much as I, you know, again, I shouldn't have to say this every time, but like, I do not trust the intentions of these people. I would argue in reverse, these ridiculous non-journalists would do the exact same thing. They would not point at it like they didn't with the Hunter laptop, right? I mean, it's the same game in reverse. The point, though, is that he did make an, a claim about that, right? He did argue that that was unacceptable. And so what's the difference, really? It's the allegation of whether or not the action was doxing and whether or not he was actually in danger. So that's where this goes to. It becomes an emotional, undefined point about you're going to let his family be at risk. And I'll make this more clear in a moment. Elon, I have to ask, I mean, I think what everyone's wondering is it's highly unusual for journalists at The Washington Post and The New York Times to be have their Twitter account <laughs> suspended. Ah, And there's the crux of their point, right? You're not supposed to pick on us, too. And it just so happens that it's, you know, the, the, the boss in charge, you know. Uh, so, you know, what's the deal there? Oh, I think. <laughs> pretty, pretty silly question there. <laughs> what's the deal there? I think I, I almost feel like she knew he left and was trying to make it sound like we got. I don't know if that's I, these people I don't trust at all. But the bottom line is, guys, that's that's the gist of it. Right. That's the, the conversation. We didn't do the address. Yes, you did. OK. Well, I just want to make sure we point out that here is. Uh, Jack Posobiec only sharing 59 seconds of that clip, which interestingly cuts out there are the points is this frames it as if Elon comes in and goes, you're doxing, you're bad. And you all know, and that's why I'm out, you know, and that like, and that's how they do this guys, selective editing, manipulation. And Elon chimes in and goes, if they're naughty, they get suspended. And he says the first time in their lives, journalists have ever met any sort of accountability for their actions. So it's okay then, apparently. So from Jack Prasovic's perspective, it's okay to censor them because they did what we don't agree with. Isn't that the exact same argument that they made about any number of things? And it was. It is. And these people are ridiculous. All of them across the board that are ignoring the same argument and now are okay with it. And I'll make you plenty more examples as we go forward. Drives me crazy. Now, Twitter suspends journalist who Musk says imperiled his safety. That's the main point here. The reason I was saying a moment ago, there's a, there's a tweet that I don't think I grabbed today that I play, I showed it in the previous show where the argument underneath this was that somebody in a car pulled up somewhere with a mask on and was like filming them. And that became the, the crux of the point about how this is a guy that used that information to do something. But it was very undefined. And I don't know how they connect because I don't see any valid information that shows that there was something personal on there that wasn't already publicly available. But that's where this all goes. Now, thank God there are some people out there Rob Schneider continued to show himself as somebody who kind of sees through the BS. He says free speech is indeed all speech. While I admit enjoying the karmic slingshot of censorship pushing individuals being banned for doxing, it's time to remind once again free speech isn't to protect the speech you approve. It's to protect speech you loathe. Thank you for some, I mean, even then he gets attacked by everybody for pointing out something everybody should agree with. But, and that, but even gives them the, the bone and says for doxing, which is debatable. But this guy, and this is what I keep pointing out, guys. So put up your home address. Okay. Right? So is that what happened? 
Does M does M.W. Harris know that? Or is he just reporting what he was told as if it's the truth? Look, even if it turns out to be the truth tomorrow, to pretend you know it's the truth now is childish. And that is what's happening everywhere. So the argument then quickly boils down to, without any information, that his address was posted. He got a co- his family got put at risk. So anybody saying that this isn't justified is is an ir- irresponsible, Eli- you know, whatever. The, the same kind of over-the-top argument we get from any side that's in two-party paradigm. I would love to interview Rob Schneider. I've reached out to him in the past. Maybe it's probably much easier now based on all that just happened. But he's been pushing back against the, the, the vaccination discussion for a long time. And good for him. Yeah, you guys know how to get hold of him. I'd love to talk to him. But so put up your home address then. I mean, think about the response to what Rob said there. Is anybody even suggesting that this is like even reading what he said there? He's not even suggesting that what happened is unjustified. He's just simply reiterating that we have to protect the worst of the speech if we believe in free speech. And they they just know their marching orders. If you even sniff out that maybe he's implying that that wasn't the right thing. Yeah, put up your address then. It's I mean, it's everywhere. I don't need to stress the point. It is everywhere. It's the same game every time. There's the, the usual responses. Doesn't make sense. Like the last 100 times we've seen this, his address, Harris, really? I, there was something down here. I don't see it now. But anyway, so he puts out this tweet. And this was 19, let's see, about 19 hours ago. And it says, unsuspend accounts who doxed my location in real time. Again, so interesting because just like he did the vote around Alex Jones and then didn't let him back on, or wasn't around Alex Jones, it was around letting people back on. I think that vote was not about letting everybody back on, which I think we very clearly saw because most of them haven't been let back on. It was about in letting people vote for the real point of that vote, which was unless they broke the law or spammed. So then without showing people, you let them vote, which they'll then point to to pr- to justify not letting Alex back on. Well, you guys voted for it. He did broke the he broke the law, didn't he? Well, that's debatable. So the point is here, unsuspend accounts who dox my location. Well, did they dox you? Who cares now? We're past that point. That's the fact now. So let's vote on it. Well, guess what? 43% said put them back now. So clearly, even his supporters are not really on, in line with this. 38% said longer. Anyway, he then says, if anyone posted real-time locations and addresses of New York Times reporters, well, I don't know if that's what happened. I will happily admit that this is the case if somebody can flesh this out further. But my point is, it doesn't seem that anybody really knows at this point, and we're all going off of what he says. FBI would be investigating. There'd be hearings on Capitol Hill. I, re- I agree with that. I would even go as far as to say, if this happened exactly in reverse, they would lose their minds. If they had a reason to, because I think this is the same game in reverse. It's the same thing. This says every journalist crying about Rupert being suspended for doxing Elon should tweet out their own home address. See my point? Is that what happened, though? No, okay, then this is what happened, though. After the vote said bring them back now, the majority, he said, sorry, too many options, I'll redo. (laughs) Okay, didn't like the outcome, I guess. Okay, so here's the new one, which doesn't seem to have finished yet which basically just boils it down to now we're in seven days. So it does seem that he's leaning into what people voted for, so it's good. But my point is that, so it seems these are all only just temporary suspensions. But nonetheless, they were suspended. And he says, criticizing me all day long is totally fine. But doxing my real-time location and endangering my family, this is what it all comes down to. 
Let me just look. I didn't see this one. Does this include Jack Sweeney, who was the that's the guy. His account's gone, too. That's the guy who owned the Elon Jet account. It says, uh, also, what are your thoughts on displaying the following? And this is a guy he let back on, by the way. Following on, uh, on actioned accounts, time period of suspension, the policy violation would clear up a lot of questions. See, I mean, this this guy's taken. A, I mean, the point is none of this up for discussion. None of this is being fleshed out or made clear. And yet everybody's acting like we already got there. It's all over. And if you're debating that, then you're a bad liberal or whatever. Or, you know, the whole point. Oh, and th- this I just I haven't organized these since before. But this was the first time I saw this where he popped in there and he talked about this and, and they, they pushed back on the whole claim. But we still have examples of more than just these mainstream journalists. So this is the problem is this whole conversation gets pitched or pitted around just what he's pointing at. But what about everything else happening? What about Sam Husseini's account? Right. What about I mean, here here is uh, Sam Tripoli, who's still censored, by the way, his original account. I hope he gets it back. But they're replying to this saying, why does it say 33 comments under his post, but only three show up, which I, I see the same thing. What's that about? Right now, all of this could be glitches and it could just be them trying to cover up that Twitter isn't functioning properly. And they don't want to admit that that would make sense to me. Like maybe they just are. Maybe they fired too many people. And that's a partisan point where they go, ah, we knew it. And see my point and that 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 could literally be the childish version of this. And they're just covering up that they haven't got their their S together. Right. But either way, there's something wrong. I mean, there's 49 comments under this and you can only see a few of them. Why exactly? This person showing you. There's a lot of this stuff happening right now. Here's Liberty Lockdown showing you, look, when underneath Twitter is right now is fire. And he goes, it is. Please remove these so I can enjoy it, too. Here's Liberty Lockdown. Still getting a search ban, a ghost ban. These things, are it's, it's for sure happening right now. Here's Ben Collins pointing out Twitter just banned the account of, of Andrew Lawrence, who works at the left wing blog Media Matters for spam, which these seem to be the seven day blocks where they're still up, but they're just not able to access it. Either way, we know this is happening all over the place. I, you, you think Media Matters is somebody I'm going to defend? For crying out loud, I've done entire segments on this, this group specifically. But it doesn't matter, does it? It's not about, oh, they're a lefter, or they're a, they're a part of the government, so we shouldn't care. Yes, you should, because it's just a, it's a means to an end. I'll defend anybody being censored because this is state censorship. It still is. Now, the point about it being a private company we'll get into in a minute. It's a fair point because today it is, in fact, a private company where before it wasn't. But you know what changes it on both sides? The government being involved because they are. I'm convinced of that, but I think it's a harder point to make now that it's become shadowy and undefined. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes now, which is exactly the main point here. But these things are continuing to happen. Here are the only two post-media matters Andrew Lawrence posted today before he's banned for spam. So you can still see it's seemingly politically motivated, it would appear. But here's what we see from people that don't want to acknowledge the reality. A warm welcome to all the newest converts to the great American cause of free speech. See, it's just so disingenuous. Are you really going to sit there and pretend like this is, I mean, look, maybe, maybe it will happen. But if you're going to pretend like right now we're there, it, it, I mean, it, it, everybody should acknowledge then you know what this kind of person, the way that their thought process and their logic goes clearly that's not defined so you're choosing to trust which then should influence anybody's perception on what you then put out later knowing that you could just be blindly like a child trusting what they said because you want to and there's it's a a lot of different places out there doing it and ricardo rightly points out the obvious free speech (laughs) caveat terms and conditions apply to a competition of journalists here's another example 
Seems like all the Mastodon links are being blocked. All of them now. Not just the one. Even popular AI servers like Singwin Social. Now, if you don't know how Mastodon works, they have these specific uh, servers and different things. The point is, apparently, they're all being, lots of them anyway. So what does that have to do with the Mastodon-specific account in regard to this? Mastodon Social's a part of it, which is, all, oh, it's on the way back machine. Let's see if we can. I don't know how Mastodon works if you don't have the account open. Oh, look, they got a block that's unsafe. What a shock. Okay, well, here, this is the this is the link right here. So you tell me, guys, where the address is. This is the same account. Elon gave him no warning, plus he suspended all of his accounts, half of which track aircraft, NASA. I mean, this You guys have seen these. We've used these kind of accounts before. Now, look, you could argue that this you can't, shouldn't take at face value what Jack is saying. He could be lying, too. But either way, manipulation and spam. So that's interesting. So they didn't even censor him under the concept of doxing. Platform manipulation and spam, well, maybe that includes it. All of his Twitter accounts have been banned. All of them. Very, very interesting. Now, in any case, guys, we have other groupings of this being censored. Now, how do you possibly make that relate to that one account. I mean, guys, this just seems like a broad sweeping censorship campaign about things that just bug him personally. Now here, Dan Bongino, heartfelt thanks to Elon Musk and says that he's done a service to the country by buying Twitter and exposing censorship. See? These people, well, I'm not going to say I know for sure that they don't see through it. If they don't, then I, I personally find that to be very, that says a lot about their process but i mean i think it's easy to point out that these people know this is just wildly advantageous for them you think it's you think it's going to be received positively for most people that i'm having the show today even half of my own supporters disagree with this but you know what i believe this to be the truth and that's all that matters to me the problem is a lot of people out there will happily toe the line because it works for the right it works for what they're selling that it works for Musk promoting their content. You know how this goes. But this is everywhere. Now let's get into something that's fun. <laughs> I I this I'm good. This I enjoy this part because these people deserve to be made fun of. Because frankly, these people are ridiculous. I mean, like as ridiculous, clown shoe ridiculous. CNC is going to reevaluate their relationship with Twitter. Oh no. Oh, don't leave. Like it's so pathetic that they think that means anything to anybody. You're gaining from being on that platform, and you damn well know it. So for them to pretend like they're leaving, first of all, is wildly disingenuous. They know they're not going to do that. It's not smart business-wise, but they want to float the idea. So we all go, no, please don't leave. That's what they want. But I think they're so far out of touch, they don't realize that most people don't even care, in my opinion, about this. But just listen to this. This is as pathetic as it gets. To see people like this acting like, one, it's unprecedented. Obviously, it's not. Do you guys forget about people like Assange? You forget about how openly these censorship campaigns have been playing out for doctors and scientists and journalists during COVID-19 or long before, if you've been paying attention? So obviously not unprecedented. But to act like this, like his comment about what are we going to do? I mean, what, we can't just let it be in a world where people can just have their voices removed. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, do, th my point is, he knows that's a stupid thing to say, but what are you going to do? Admit that you've always been allowing this and don't care? Raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter 
looks like. You know, are news organizations <laughs> going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? Oh, what? Like, that's that's never like the point is all he's actually saying is that specifically corporate media stenographers that they can't just stand by. Are we really going to pretend that he doesn't know that? I mean, look, we're, you, you can make the argument that he is so high, high so filled with hubris and, and his own self-importance that he believes that you're not a journalist if you're not part of certain groups. Most of them feel that way. But there's plenty of examples of even mainstream journalists that have been censored during COVID. Is he just pretending that's not happening or it never happened? That only now we're in a time where this is real censorship? I mean, this is worthy of ridicule. This is worthy of taking a moment to enjoy how ridiculous these people are, but then also realizing that those being people still being censored is still censorship, no matter how choice and enjoyable it is. Uh, CNN is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with Twitter based on the response it gets. I want to read you the full statement, Allison. Please. It says... Um, the impulsive and unjustified suspension of a number of reporters, including CNN's Donnie O'Sullivan, is concerning but not surprising. And it goes on to say Twitter's increasing instability and volatility, volatility <laughs> should have should be of incredible volatility, buddy. You'll get there. Concern for everyone who uses Twitter. And then it goes on to say we have asked Twitter for an explanation and we will reevaluate our relationship based on that response. And I think it's so important to point out that Twitter really needs or really relies on news. I mean, that's what's what the kind of the lifeblood of <laughs> Twitter. Events, I mean, they're all right? on Twitter. And oh, my God. I mean, these people, I just, some of them truly exist in this bubble. They really don't know or understand you. They don't care. They believe like they're better than you. They really do. And it's not even, it's not even concealed. The frustrating, the, the entertaining part of this is to first of all that you're gonna you're gonna based on that response. Oh, so so now you're setting the rules. This is the moderation policy being done in reverse. I, I hope it doesn't even respond. And in the context, not of whether or not you've been like if somebody censors and you're moderated, that's different, or you're you're appealing, that's different. This this is CNN of their own accord going. What did you do here, Twitter? You better explain yourself, or we're gonna leave. <laughs> Take your ball and go home, you children. Nobody should care about the stomping of the feet of people like this who who think that they're so important that you have to give them a response and justify your actions that didn't even involve them. Now, to be fair, there was one CNN journalist, I think, but that's a different. They're not. That's not what they're doing here. They're literally demanding Twitter justify their actions. Now, look from my personal perspective, I also think that needs to happen. I'm not laughing that I think that's the wrong thing, but from CNN's per, like from a platform or a, an outlet's perspective and stands and doing it the way they are and acting like the punishment is them leaving. It's just like, you can't take yourself out of the story. They, they just cannot remove themselves from the story. And that shows you their hubris. It's pathetic. It really is pathetic, but overall it's insult. It's just insulting for them to act like this is the only time it's ever mattered. It really is. But all that being said, we should demand transparency. We should demand that they explain what the policy is and why it was applied to them and not others. And have that be fleshed out. I just don't really think that's going to happen. Now here, there are red lines. Europe warns of sanctions after they ban them. So again, really? Like, so you, Europe didn't seem to care about all the European doctors, scientists, and journalists that got censored during COVID for daring to stand up and speak out. That didn't matter. 
But only now does it matter because this is clearly bigger and more involved than we realize. This would not be happening unless Twitter and the, our perception of it even more so was not important to the large agenda, the worldwide agenda. Very interesting. But this is as of today. So what's going to happen? Is Elon going to bow to this? Is something ch- going to change? Like if, if, you know, ultimately I'm interested to see what his responses will be if, if nothing at all. But here's Peter Sweden pointing out the mainstream media completely ignored the news that showed systematic censorship of conservatives on Twitter. They did. Very clearly, happily ignored that because they smugly and even in their own discussions admitted that it was okay with them because, well, they're Nazis, aren't they? I mean, literally, that statement's been made by these people, like not not in a confi- uh, you know facetious way, but actual Nazis in the White House, right? That's actually what's being stated, which is just absurd. Like we're pointing at actual Nazis who actually espouse the ideas and actually stem back to people that were actually part of the Nazi Party in Ukraine. That's when that statement should be used, and it's not all of them. There's some neo Nazis, or some fascists. It's a mixed bag of extremists, but. You can. How do you want to pretend you can prove that any of these people are actual Nazis? Do they wear a Nazi badge? Do they write down their Nazi ideology to express that as what they're... Do they have a Nazi card? It's because you guys have decided that. It shows you how childish your reporting is. But he's right. Clearly that's happened. But now when a bunch of liberal journalists have been suspended for, again, violating doxing policies, they are now suddenly very outraged. There is less misinformation on Twitter now after the mainstream media journalists have been suspended. Now, see, this is my problem, guys. I like Peter Sweden's account. I respect. I think he's doing a great job. I strongly disagree with this kind of sentiment. The problem is that we are now going, it's okay, though, because they were bad. Isn't that the same thing they were doing before? Isn't this the the equivalent of just flipping the script where now suddenly they're allowed to censor the bad evil, even though even if they are, because you know what? I agree. They are dishonest. They are childish and deceptive and manipulative. But are we talking about free speech? Don't you have a right to free speech? Now, somebody made this comment in in a chat today. The point is arguing that I said it's okay for lies that take people's lives because free speech. Okay, well, wait a minute now. What did I actually say? Nuance is important here. Lies are free speech. So too is being wrong. So too is, you know, stating something you think is the case, but it turns out to be incorrect. My point is that if you go out there and say the sky is purple, do you have a right to say that? Obviously. Can you go out and say something far more severe and serious that's involved with politics and lie about it? That's called free speech. You may not agree with that, so there should be a debate then about whether you agree in free speech or limited speech. And I, I would even maybe agree with you in some cases that it's wrong. But the point is, if we're going to be absolute free speech, you do have a right to lie. But my point is more so about whether or not we know they're lying or just wrong. Because you damn well have a right to be wrong, to share something and, be li- and not realize that you actually got misinformed. But if we start censoring things based on some decided narrative, well, there you go. We're right back in the same point where somebody at some level above is deciding where the line is. And then that gets moved, manipulated based on a thousand factors. And we're right back in square one. We all must be able to see that. So if we're just going to arbitrarily decide at this point that these people are the bad ones, and it just becomes, it becomes the same problem all over again. So about the lying part of it, the free speech reality is that that is included. But here's where that person is misunder is, is wrong. Because when I said that's not the case, that's not what I said. I'll oh, pull the tape. We got the video. Okay, well, here's the problem. There's the nuance. Words are not violence. Lies are not violence. 
So when your argument is that I said it's okay to lie, even when those lies kill people, take people's lives, there's where you went wrong, because that's not possible. Now, you may disagree all you want, but when it, it becomes a choice to see it that way. Now, sure, my words may have influenced something one way or the other. Good luck proving that. Even if they come up and say, I did it because of what Ryan said. That was still a choice on their end as a, a discerning adult to make their own choices. There's plenty of examples across the board right now that show you that, more, by and large, the statements being made by corporate media are what are ra radicalizing people. And I'll still defend the right for them to be able to say it as long as everybody gets the right to be able to say what they think is right. Or lie or misinform, whatever. Free speech. That does not translate. The agenda right now is to convince you that this situation with free speech is leading to direct violence. And that's what happened with the Yul Roth guy and the conversation about that and saying, well, look, Elon posted something. Well, there, that's actually a great example to make right now. The idea that Elon Musk posted a publicly available part that wasn't very really widely known of Yul Roth's uh, um, thesis of his, uh, the other word they use, I forget, something, something, some work he did that discussed some pretty uncomfortable and I would argue disgusting perspectives about allowing young children to whatever that you, you guys know the conversation about the lowering the age of, you know, the consent age for gay kids or whatever it was. It's some, it's disconcerting. Is that doxing? Well, no, it's publicly available, but it did cause something to happen, didn't it? Or at least they, they claim, because then what happened was the, the whole story was they had to flee their million dollar home. I feel so bad for them because people were going after them because of what he said. Okay, well, isn't it th this? There's clearly an overlap here. What do both things end up showing you? That words amount to violence, or they can, right? Him, Elon's perspective saying, well, I put my family in danger. Why? Because you posted publicly available information? I mean, even if you want to take it to the extreme and, and talk about posting his address, which I disagree with and I don't think is, should be allowed unless we're literally going to the absolute free speech perspective, and that needs to be debated. But I understand why platforms could put that in their terms of service. Even if you disagree with it, you can understand it. But then we can realize that there's a point when, you, if you were to post the address, am I the one making somebody do something? Yeah, sure, I made it easier. See, there's, there's, a, there's a debate to be had here that nobody wants to get into. And I think it needs to go in the direct direction people are pushing away from. More allowed as opposed to less. But either way, words are not violence. And even Elon's perspective is creating that sentiment. And it's doing it in a very sneaky way that's, that's turning Republicans into exactly what they were arguing shouldn't be allowed 30 seconds ago. Some of them anyway. Now here's Tom Fitton pointing out the way to get corrupt. Evidently, the way to get corrupt media to cover Twitter censorship is for Twitter to censor corrupt media. <laughs> I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a smart take. And I, I agree with that. Not to say that Tom didn't talk about more other things, but again, just the encapsulation as if it's somehow acceptable. Not to say that's what he's saying here, but it's a lot out there where it seems to be kind of where it's okay that they censored for people because, well, they're corrupt. But that's not a process, is it? And if, look, I mean, just it's interesting to see how it's being framed, but I do agree with how interesting it is that they only suddenly stepped in now, but it kind of feels controlled, doesn't it? Now, here's an interesting example about the private discussion. Here's Cernovich saying it's not censorship because Twitter's a private company, can do whatever it wants, which kind of seems interesting to say that now, but he's not being completely inconsistent with his previous points. But what's interesting is most people don't realize the difference now. Okay, before this, it was a public company, which per the largest in uh, holders were BlackRock and Vanguard. Shocking. Now it went private. 
which means that shifted, that changed, right? That means that Elon now owns it. Now, whatever goes on behind the scenes is private. But Elon is the one that owns it now. Not, not shareholder, but Elon owns this. But what goes on behind the scenes and funding and everything goes forward and influence, we don't get to know anymore. So technically speaking, a private company actually absolutely does. Before, the argument that Twitter could do that was, that was never the true statement. Also because the government was involved. But now, are we really pretending the government does not continue to be involved? Elon Musk is a contractor in every possible way for the military, for the government. It just seems almost like impossibly naive, not to say that I know for sure, that, that, that there wouldn't be some overlap there. I mean, look at it this way. And again, I will highly recommend Whitney's work on this specifically for this, as well as for the FTX conversation, which, by the way, she put something out just on my mind. We talked about it earlier. But that if he's still working as a contractor for the military or for the intelligence or the government, and he is, isn't that something that if it was anybody else, they'd point out as a compromising thing? To point out, well, look at this. Look at look at how Maxine Waters is connected to the, you know, whatever. Of course it would be. And it is a valid point. It doesn't prove that there's necessarily wrongdoing, but it does show you that there's influence there that cannot be ignored. But it seemingly is from certain angles. Not to point at this tweet in particular, but people out there. But so this is a fair point. It can. But when the government overlaps, it changes it. But on top of that, that we have a right to the process that he continues to promise is about free speech. Not that he has to, but that you can't continue to pretend it's saving free speech until that is verified. But it says Twitter suspended the accounts of, it's you know Aaron Rupar, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, and so on. But here, and going back on some of his older tweets, this is what uh, Cernovich said in January 2021. How many libertarians claiming Twitter can ban whoever they like as a private company will go on record to say Twitter can ban all Muslims from its platform because it's a private company? Well, it's an interesting argument, right? Because back then, the argument, it wasn't a private company, essentially, right? With shares and so on. But at the end of the day, it just seems to be that this argument is a little bit shifty, right? Where it makes sense to, to argue that it's being misrepresented that saying it's a private company, well, what then okay, but then would you argue it's okay to go this far? Right? So it's the same point here. I, and it seems to be that Cernovich has been pretty consistent on this. At the end of the day, if where we're coming to today is that they can do whatever they want, well, then why are we even having a conversation about free speech? <laughs> right? Clearly it matters to people, not because whether it's allowed or not, but at the end of the day, because it's about politics. It's about influencing people's positions, politically and otherwise. So I find that to be very telling. But here he is on, uh, this is January 2021 again. New York Post can and should bring a case against Twitter and Facebook for human rights violations for the Hunter Biden story shutdown. It's interesting. Make Twitter and Facebook defend its decision before The Hague. Twitter is on record in admitting the censorship is a human rights violation. Which they are, well, this is ultimately with shutting down the internet. But you can just kind of see how these things, based on Elon being controlled versus somebody else, does definitely shift the perspective. Even with somebody that is making similar arguments. Now, he says, billionaires have always owned Twitter since its IPO. This is April 14th of 2022. Regime media's talking points really are bottom of the barrel and easily refuted. That's why they rely on censorship. I agree with that. But billionaires have always owned it, and they still do. But Dirk Diggler points out, Alex Jones will be back very soon. I don't know about that. But the point is, right now, he's not. So people have these assumptions they're letting rule the way this goes. Twitter's ban of Trump has led to a cascade of governments following their lead and censoring others. 
This was on the 20, February 11, 2021. Twitter destroyed the world by banning Trump, as there's no framework now to argue against these censorship moves when the tech companies are the size of sovereign countries. Okay, well, what's different now, though? That's a fair argument. What's different now? That Elon's in control? I mean, does it really come down to that? That somebody you like and you're taking their word? Not to serve, it's just to everybody. That's interesting. Because the bottom line is the same thing's happening right now. We just pointed at plenty of other people, including, I think, what Matt Guba was somebody pointed out. These are pretty prominent accounts that are literally being censored. Elon Jets, for example, these are being censored right now. Mastodon's entire account being censored. It's the same point. Just insert the other name. Why is it okay now? Here's Dinesh D'Souza pointing out, I'm amused at the way the left freaks out when one of its Twitter gurus gets suspended. It's almost as if they are in disbelief. Wait, what? Censorship is only meant for our political opponents. I think it's very healthy for them to have a taste of their own medicine. You see my point? Come on, guys. Like, you, you can't, like... Take, don't take, I mean, look, make this statement, as I did. It's great to see this happening because they're a bunch of hypocritical children. But we should call this out for what it is. Have the courage to stand against the, the, the partisan screaming. Yes, it's great it happened, but guess what? It's also censorship, and it's wrong. People are scared of the undefined argument that it put his family at risk. Look, if it did, then I won't support that. But we need the bottom line is it does not appear to be in that based on the previous information you can look at for yourself. So I just want it just it frustrates me that people are still unwilling to come at this from a critical angle, even from people that I think, you know, I would argue I would expect them to. Now, I want to add something I, I wasn't able to get a screenshot of to the same point. And I'm mad that I didn't get it because I thought it was a post that I was going to open. But I, if you're on Truth Social, you get these notifications that come directly from the platform, as most of them do. And this one said karma with a colon and i clicked on it hoping it was a post but then it wasn't there but it linked to the category showing these people being censored and it said karma twitter censors these journalists that promote previously and they wrote karma and so again even truth social a platform that was literally built on the idea that censorship shouldn't be happening and that that's why they were forced to do so is now relishing in censorship on the other platform i mean i get it but like Mastodon took the right angle and said, well, look, you're not being censored over here because we're, why wouldn't Truth Social do the same thing and stand up and be like, look at this. You could see it over, like these people being censored on Twitter right now. Come to Truth Social because I think there's more going on there that has, it's bigger than these platforms being independent and it's more about controlling the flow of information in politics. If Truth Social was truly, I, I, I may, look, maybe I missed it. They did. I didn't see it. I looked. If they were truly about what they say they are, they would have stood up and screamed and denounced the censorship and said, even though we disagree with them, we do not support censorship. And that's wrong. I didn't see that. Instead, they stood up and said, ha, 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 you got censored. You deserve it. Doesn't sound like a, a platform that doesn't like censorship to me. Now, last couple points I want to get into here is the overlap, right? So here's Liz Churchill pointing something out. Actually, let me grab this real quickly. I forgot to grab it. In, uh, it says, we work with all platforms. And we've been working with Twitter since the beginning. As unelected chief propagandist, censorship king, as they write, Jonathan Greenblatt, funded by the World Economic Forum. It's uh, let me see if it's loud enough. I can do it right here. So literally, yeah. So literally, we opened a center in Silicon Valley back in 2017, and the woman who runs it, she's an ex-Facebook executive. I have software engineers and data scientists working at ADL. 
We're monitoring all this stuff. And we're working with all the platforms, by the way, Google and YouTube and Meta and Twitter and Reddit and Steam and Amazon, all these companies. From like Apple to Zoom, we work with all of them, okay? That's relevant because we've been working with Twitter now for real, since it was founded. We work with the old regime, working with the new regime. Aha. Uh-huh. So literally, we open. Okay. You shouldn't need that to be proven to you because it's been very clearly made obvious where the ADL has been in these meetings. The ADL specifically has been included in the decisions about who gets removed. This is all happening right now. Elon Musk put that out right in the beginning and said, we're working with this group and that group. And seemingly they didn't, the right didn't freak out, which blows my mind. Close, clearly showing you that the Pasovics of the world are more interested in moving the, the direction they, you know, controlling the flow of information, obviously, in the direction they like, instead of actually fighting for free speech. But what this shows you guys is that World Economic Forum, specifically Greenblatt and ADL, are still working with them and still influencing the direction. There's nothing about that that aligns with free speech at all, especially when you understand how ADL is an anti-free speech platform. Period. I mean, there's no way around this. I mean, they call me an anti-Semite and a racist, despite the fact that is blatantly dishonest and not true. Calling out the Zionist actions of the government or even just Zionism in general is not the same thing. And they just pretend it makes sense to conflate them. Despite me overtly saying that I'm not talking about all Jewish people, they will do it anyway and just go a wink, wink. Here's what he means because they know that apparently, right? These are the people that are still working with the current regime, as you just heard him say. So does that matter? Should we be concerned about that influence? Yes, obviously. Why it's no longer concerning people that feel like they got to win. That's why we're talking about the, the great digital divider. Or as, as Sam pointed, this is the digital, the virtual version of Trump. The same game that played in the beginning, where now he's in this position from a virtual perspective and allowing these people to ignore things that they moments ago thought should have been changed. Very concerning. Now, here's another tweet from Rob that I thought was important. No matter what side of the political spectrum you lean, the insidious cooperation, cooperation of Twitter and the government should alarm you. Given that Google and Facebook files will never be released, the open window into state censorship at, the ever, at every level of big tech is the threat to freedom. I, I, just, I'm, I appreciate his, his objectivity. And he, as he seems to see it. But he's right. They should alarm you. Now, before, going forward. And this leaves us. This leaves me on the point of where this all seems to be going. Just for a quick cup, compilation of a few things. Again, the point that Elon's points, whether they know it or not, along with the other side of the conversation, are both driving you in the direction that words and texts, tweets, misinformation lead to violence. Or rather, I to be very specific, are violence. Because you could make an argument that it could potentially lead that way. My argument would simply be, you are not responsible for the actions of other people. It's their choice to do things. But you can see, like if I literally was like, killing people is good, and somebody went and killed somebody. I mean, you could make an argument about that. I still disagree. It's not my fault that somebody took action based on my words. But that's not really what we're talking about today. We're talking about me simply arguing, I think the government's lying to you. Here's some peer-reviewed science that makes it clear. And they call that misinformation leading to vaccine hesitancy, which leads to death. You're killing people, go to jail, right? Or in the context of this, that you're saying the government doesn't have your best interest at heart. Right? Here's examples of how the government are manipulating the people on the ground. Here's examples of how the government are removing your freedoms. And then they point at that and say, you're driving extremists to take violent action against the government. That's how flimsy this gets. And then the question's not even about whether you were right. 
Does it even matter? Well, no, because your actions and words, or rather your words, are creating violence. It almost becomes the point that it's irrelevant whether those are accurate, which is exactly why Julian Assange is still in prison, because he was right, and he did show the truth. And it doesn't matter, though, because what he did, they argue, is, is potentially dangerous, leading to violence. Even if it's the government itself murdering people, it's still violence. You did it. It's your fault, Assange. You're, you forced her to kill people. That's kind of the game. Or in Iran, you're going to starve if you don't do what we say. Is that the government's fault? No, it's Iran's fault. It's Iran's fault we're starving people over there. Right? It's Yemen's fault that we're starving people in Yemen. It's their fault. It's kind of the same bull BS. Excuse me, almost cussed right there. December 15th. Discuss mass shootings on this off-guardian conspiracy theories and free speech. In the past month, we've seen an influx of news stories, all somehow featuring the supposed negative effects of online misinformation, hate speech, or conspiracy theories. I'm glad they picked... Off-Guardian is continuing to knock it out of the park in my mind. They seem to be right on... Well, maybe just because they we seem to have very similar perspectives, but they seem to be right on the things that I'm seeing. Or maybe they're on the things that I'm seeing. Let's put it that way, right? Because I, I look over and I'm like, yes, they're, they're talking about exactly what I'm seeing. How all of this is converging in a really clear way right now, more than I've ever seen it. We've seen this build. Obviously, hate speech, misinformation, conspiracy theories. They've been harping on this about being violence for a long time, but I've never seen it this extremely hyped. And every angle, no matter what the conversation is, brings it back to that point right now, everywhere you look. In New Zealand a few days ago, a couple had their baby placed in the care of a hospital after refusing to approve a surgical procedure unless they could be sure their child would receive unvaccinated blood transfusions, which I prove to you is a valid concern based on peer-reviewed science, but nobody cares about that in these, con- these <laughs> educated positions. Their position was blamed on consuming this information and conspiracy theories. Now, by the way, I hope to God that baby will, baby will will be okay, but please somebody keep up on that and let me know what's going on. Because I swear to you, if that baby, something happens to that baby, that needs to be a primary focal point. Something needs to happen. Because that, I mean, just whether that's even about politics or information or news or anything, accountability needs to be had right there if something happens. And I hope to God it doesn't. Three weeks ago in Colorado Springs, we saw the reporting of a mass shooting. The suspect allegedly killed five when 18 was, of course, known to the FBI as always. Within days, a new report co-authored by several so-called civil rights groups was calling on Biden to change his strategy on domestic terrorism. Guess what? They got him to do something. We'll get to that next. At a Club Q shooting congressional hearings this week, apart from the predictable urges to act on guns, witnesses have testified that harmful rhetoric was to blame for the shooting. Hate speech turns into violence. This is everywhere. Hate speech turns to action. That is actually the headline. Prepares, papers, excuse me, papers are publishing online pieces citing the dangers of too much free speech. This is real. The dangers of having too much free speech. I t- this is like exactly verbatim what I told you was going to happen. Now, I'm not the only one. This isn't that hard to see, guys. But just recognize this is exactly to a T where we saw this going. I mean, I literally made the argument that this was going to be used to argue. Let me actually see if I can grab that real quick. Was going to be used to say. Spaces is back. There we go. Let me look at this real quick. It used to be say that uh, free speech would amount to violence. Advanced search. Let's do free speech. After hours live. I'm excited to see if some of these older tweets that are used to be gone on that other account are usable. Let's see. 
Come on. Shoot. Now I almost forgot all of a sudden what we were going to grab. Too much free speech. Oh, right. It was the, the Yule example. Shoot. Let's do latest. I think this is important just because it comes down to how this will be used or how we can see this coming where it was about the house we mentioned. I guess I can't. Oh, there it is. Okay. So on December 13th, I said, get ready for this to be used as the primary case of how, look at this, free speech equals violence, even though that's absurd. And I'm very worried we're being set up. Interesting. So here we are, where they're literally arguing on the 6th, I guess, look, it was like before me, look at that, 13th, that's crazy. So it's been going on for, for a while. So I, I'm just seeing what they're doing, apparently. Too much free speech is dangerous. There's no such thing as too much free speech. I mean, that is a dumb argument in and of itself. You could simply argue free speech is dangerous, but they don't want to say that because that makes them look like they don't agree with the Constitution. What they're trying to say is we need limited speech because free speech is dangerous. Because then you can say what you want, and we don't like that. Just two days ago in Australia, a shooting took place in Queensland where two police officers were in one neighbor were allegedly shot by three suspects who were then shot and killed by tactical police units. We talked about this. The deceased suspects were immediately linked to conspiracy websites. Instead of just the reality that something went down that drove them to take violent action. As, or maybe that there's more to the story. Instead, they scour the background and go, oh, it's because he said false flag here three years ago. He's a conspiracy theorist. That explains everything. That's the epitome of research today in the, the corporate journalism field. They're already talking about new laws to combat misinformation. Because this is words translating the violence. The spread of disinformation on the internet and the way in which that infects people's minds. Think about that framing. And changes their whole persona, their whole perspective, and causes them to commit or contributes to at least the, to them committing extreme acts. God, guys, this is crazy intense right now. If you can't see this right now, this is not like casually happening in the next five years. This is like tomorrow. This is them outlining right now that your words need to be controlled because violence. The shooting occurred just two weeks after Australia's terror alert was reduced for the first time in eight years. What do you know? Finally, they go, well, we're not in danger. Event! We're back there now. Danger's back up. What do you know? Now, was it an event that was natural? Was it organized? Was it just simply capitalized on? You should be allowed to ask that question because every one of those have happened before. And running along in the background of all these stories is, of course, Elon Musk's, quote, reforming of Twitter, being blamed for a supposed increase in hate speech. Well, what do you know? It's almost like this was planned. It's not too hard to see where this wind is blowing. It seems possibly in the wake of the stuttering failure of the COVID narrative. I agree with that, too, that the party, and they mean the party, you know, the one that we have in this country, are turning their crosshairs on the platforms that stalled the pandemic so that they can run uh, unopposed next time. You know, for the, the next one that focuses on children, the one that Bill Gates is talking about, you know, whatever, the next, the next thing. And they made a focus, which I will talk about at some point, on specifically misinformation, more so than Event 201. They're aware of what, what screwed this up. But as they point out, but what do you think? Is free speech too dangerous to exist? What will Biden's next move on domestic terrorism look like? Will Australia introduce new legislation to deal with misinformation? Are all these incidents genuine or false flags? Is Elon really championing free speech or setting us up for failure? Please have the courage to at least entertain every one of those questions. 
Because they pointed out they're asking him to change domestic terrorism strategy. Now, just because I don't want to go through this whole article. Oh, it led, even worse. It did refresh. I had things highlighted. The bottom line is this is being pushed to go exactly in the direction that you think. To justify the idea that you're a domestic terrorist because you might be doing things just below the line. So not technically breaking the law, but wink, wink, here's what they really are doing because they've learned to circumvent. Oh, okay. So then like with social media, are they violating the terms of service? Well, no, but they know how to get around them. Okay. What does that even mean? Are they, or are they not breaking the rules? No. Okay. So then you want to change the rules so you can make what they're doing against the rules. Aha. We got it. And that's how they frame it. Terrorists that are just secretly circumventing the rule. It's just, it's all framing. So here we are in a situation where they're already pushing this to change and already have an executive order by Biden on the record that says that misinformation, COVID-19 and otherwise, is terrorism. That you're a domestic terrorist. That's not my words, guys. That is what was written down. It's just about whether they put it into policy. Now, I want to finish by pointing out that we've talked about something like this before. Derek wrote this article on July 7th, 2020. The vaccine bait and switch. As millions pulled from WHO, remember Trump pulled millions of dollars out of the WHO and everyone said, yay, look, we knew it. What he did right alongside that was give billions, far more money, right in the hands of Gates founded Gavi, which, by the way, was one of the largest funders of WHO. So all it really did was a very transparent and seemingly, I mean, everybody must have seen this, but they don't care pulling money from WHO in a fraction and giving twice, three times, four times as much right back to it in a different way. And all they did was go, yay, he's fighting against the vaccine agenda. Now, looking back on it, hopefully they all see how wrong they were as he still promotes exactly that. Here's another example. This one goes back even further. I wrote this back in 2018, I believe, unless I reposted it. I always say that because for a while there, yeah, Ray originally posted February 28, 2017. What it says The bait and switch, Donald Trump and the new establishment. Now, I wrote this a while ago, so forgive me if there's typos or something else, but realize how incredibly prescient this is. And I wasn't the only one saying this at the time, the little great divider and all these conversations. For me, this was really about creating the illusion that something had changed when all it was doing was getting people to push right back into the controlled system and look at where we are. That was the new establishment framed as the people fighting back. And look at where we are. This was the same game and just moving you around was was a shell game. Now, please consider this in the same discussion. How censorship on Twitter is still happening as Elon has apparently very successfully flipped the script. Right now, the people that were fighting something are now promoting it in reverse. And far too many have taken the bait. Is this another example of them just trying to pull you back in, trying to use something else to Flip it to bait and switch to however, whatever analogy you want to use to make you think something has changed. So you fall back into line. I don't know for sure. I'm not feeling very hopeful. And despite the fact that those maybe those who didn't maybe didn't tune in the beginning, despite apparently my account being back, which I'm happy to see and I will be engaging with. And I'm going to keep doing exactly what I've been doing while being critical of Elon Musk and Twitter and everything else. Because I'm going to continue to do what's honest, regardless of whether they bring my account back. But it is still something we have to consider because all the evidence on the table right now, at best, suggests that it's still up in the air. And there's a lot of stuff that needs to be explained and fleshed out and verified if we're ever going to take this at face value. But the truth is, guys, 
That should never be the case. You should continue carrying on questioning everything, no matter, as I've said many times, as much as he comes out tomorrow and does everything we thought would happen, like even my account coming back. This is the point in real time. Even though I got it back, the next thing that happens, I'm going to go, is he being honest? Is that a lie? Is he wrong? Could he be confused? Could he be misinformed? Because that's what honest people do. We're in a reality today where we can see that there's a lot of manipulation, and we always should have realized that. But today, some people have woken up to it. So that is not, be, it's not, people hear that and they go, oh, I don't want to live like that. It's okay, well then put your head in the sand. This isn't a choice. You're not picking your favorite world. It is the reality of our reality, reality of our dynamic. So either engage with that and just acknowledge that you need to question things, including people you want to believe in, because that's just intelligent. Because again, there's a thousand reasons that it might, it could be different than just trying to misinform you. He could actually be the one being misinformed. He could genuinely believe he's doing right by you and ends up like with the Trump situation where he was being fooled or maybe he knew. Bottom line is, guys, question everything, including those you want to support. Question me. Question everything in front of you. I will continue to hold out hope while being very critical of this process. But I'm sure you can tell I'm not feeling good about it. I feel like this has just flipped. And now it's going to have, we're having to fight back through the whole thing again to expose the other side to the other side. And it just becomes this hamster wheel of nonstop manipulation. But thank you for continuing to tune in. I will be doing, there's a lot more on COVID that I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Just, you know, not just COVID, but this general topic around vaccines and biotechnology and all the different things happening. Well, possibly, likely tomorrow, but my next show in general. So thank you for being here today, guys. Continuing to question. I know this is not a popular discussion, but I think somewhere within you all, you know that this is just being objective, even irritatingly so, cannot be wrong. How in the world you can frame objectivity as extremism today is beyond me, but that is what's happening. So thank you for remaining objective. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.